Thank you for joining us today. We'd love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So we encourage you to share your story with us at info at fellowshipgj.com or go to the story tab on the Church Center app. Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do that by clicking the giving link located in the description below this video at fellowshipgj.com. Or if you are a member here at Fellowship Church, you can give through our Church Center app. This will help us to continue to bring the message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thanks for joining us and enjoy today's service. How are you doing this morning? If this is your first time here, we just want to welcome you. Look at your neighbor and tell them, it's going to get loud in here. We have been expecting God to move in this place. How many of you know the Bible says where, where, where one or two are gathered, he is here. His presence is here. Amen. I just want to invite you to the front and worship with us this morning. Let's just all raise our hands. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for the breath in our lungs, Lord God. We thank you for this day that you've given us. And we will rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. Come on, lift your voice. Give him praise. Yeah. Oh, it's free. 
running away from him and it's really hard to watch <laughs> but these blessings are for them too and even if you're in the room if you have been running for a while you are worth it you are worth it this isn't just for somebody else these blessings that we're singing about this comes straight out of scripture this is for every single one of god's kids so you need to receive it number one and then we also need to intercede for those of our family and our friends that need to come to know god because we know that jesus is coming soon and the time is now for them to have a relationship with christ so we need their salvation to come for them to have that real relationship with him so we are praying over them we are speaking over them that the father's arms are open wide and that they will return that he will pull on their hearts that he will draw them in to his house that they would feel his love that they would feel his mercy that they would know his grace that they would know that he is on their side so jesus we surrender them to you right now we give them over to you and we trust you we trust that you will bring them in and that you will draw them in in the name of jesus
God, we understand that you're the God of Abraham, you're the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, you are a generational God. You had a plan from the beginning. You have a plan for now. You have a plan for us. You have a plan for our kids and our grandkids. And God, you say in Psalm 112, for those that worship you, those that love you and desire you, that you will have favor on every generation who belongs to you. So we cling to that promise right now. We cling to that promise that we will be favored. God, let us steward our lives that we would follow after you every single day. And when we fall away, God, we would come right back to you, that we would run back into your arms. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, guys, if you're here in the building, you can go ahead and make your way back to your seats. If you're joining us online, thank you so much for being with us. And guys, this is amazing. I don't know if I can ever, if it ever gets old of what God is doing or how his kingdom has impacted us through our viewership online and just all of those things. Like it is so cool. So thank you guys for joining us. And if this is the first time you're in the building, maybe you come to check out a baptism of a family member, welcome. We're so glad that you're here to celebrate with us. Ooh, I gotta take this out, this messed me up. Okay. Uh, so if you're new, please text um, 94,000, the word fellowship. We want to make sure that you guys have all the information that you need if you have questions about our church or anything like that, what the next steps of what that would look like for you. So guys, I came to Fellowship Church 2006. I was saved at age 18. I came, I was a freshman going into Mesa State College, go Mavs, back when it was still Mesa State. Um, and God like radically changed my life. He completely turned it around and I've never had that kind of confidence before. I've never looked back. I was all in. I was like, wow, Jesus wants a relationship with me. He wants to do life with me. I am all in. And when I very first heard like a, an offering teaching or a tithing teaching or anything like that, I was like, well, I guess I'm a follower of Jesus now. That's what I'm gonna do. I am all in. If God says this promise, he says you, you give your first 10%, I'm doing it. And it is no joke. Like I look back, it's been 16 years now that I've had a relationship with Christ. And I look back at his faithfulness and I'm sure that you've heard us talk about it so much. Um, but it, it doesn't make sense. It truly doesn't. Like I look at my account at, from the beginning of the month to the end of the month and the way that God has provided for me and my family, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> and it's so cool. I know that there are so many testimonies in this room where it's like, man, I had this unexpected health scare or I went in and I, um, I had a baby and I wasn't sure if we were gonna be able to financially cover it. And there's so many ways that God has provided for us. And I know that there's even more in this room that are like, I couldn't afford to tithe until I did. And now he's blessing me like crazy and it doesn't make sense. So what we wanna do right now is we're just gonna be giving to God with our tithes and offerings and there's so many easy ways to give. Um, the thing that we love to do the most is I, as soon as I get my paycheck, I mobile deposit, yes and amen. And then I get on my church center app and then uh, tithe straight from there. Or if you'd like to, there are offering boxes. You can drop off a check or cash, whatever you need to do. 
Um, but we're just gonna pray and ask, first of all, we wanna thank God for the way that he's provided for us and then um, just ask for more, more of his blessings because I know this is one of my favorite things that pastor says, I'm a needy kid, okay? I need Jesus a lot. So we're gonna ask him for more blessings. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you so much for your faithfulness. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you that even when we're not faithful, you still are. But we want to take that first step and trust you with our finances. So I pray, God, for you're, you're the God that just doesn't make sense, but we know that you're good and you always provide for us. It's a reckless kind of love. And God, we trust you with that. We pray that you would bless our finances. We pray that you would provide for us. In Jesus' powerful name, amen. Well, God bless you as you give. Check out what else we've got going on here at Fellowship Church. February 20th, we are doing a guest reception. So if you would consider yourself to be a guest, a visitor, or new to our church, and you want to learn more about Fellowship Church and our church family, please consider signing up for this event. You can sign up for it on the Church Center app, or you can stop by the Info Center for more information. Last week, we were blessed to have our choir during our services, and they were so amazing. So if you saw that choir and you kind of thought to yourself, man, I would love to be a part of something like that, a part of that community of worshipers in our church, please consider signing up for the choir on our Church Center app. It is an awesome, awesome way to serve and be committed to our church family as well as worshiping God together. Church family, we are so excited to announce that after a couple years off, Valleywide Worship is back. March 6th at 6 p.m. we are going to gather with the churches of our community, of our city, and come together and worship God together. There is nothing as powerful as coming together as the body of Christ and worshiping Him together. So again, that's March 6th at 6 p.m. No ticket purchase is necessary. Just come to the church. It's going to be so much fun. You do not want to miss it. Well, as always, church family, we're so excited that you're here with us today. Enjoy today's I wasn't gonna forget this information like uh, most people do. February 14th is very close. That is Valentine's Day, if we were not aware, gentlemen of Fellowship Church. And to help us remember, the bookstore is having a sale. So you can go check it out, 14% off your entire purchase at the bookstore for the next two weeks. Get your wife something awesome. You can get her a journaling Bible, a book about marriage and how you're gonna be a better husband maybe, or another coffee mug, whatever it is. We have something for every person in the bookstore. Please come check out the sale, February 14th. Do not forget. Likeability. The likeability factor. Now, since none of you people that come to Fellowship Church on a Sunday morning need teaching on this topic, because you are the best of the best. You smile, you have great personalities. I have hung out with you in the lobby for over 33 years of ministry. I have got to know you. I understand your sarcasm. I understand your humor. I get it, I understand it when, you, uh, when we tease back and forth to each other and these in this room right here are some of the best people I have ever known my entire life. 
You are fun, you are happy, you are joy-filled, you are enthusiastic, you love doing what you do. You don't come to church because you're made to come to church, you come to church because you can't wait to get in the house of God and show your gratitude, your praise, and your worship to a heavenly Father who has protected you all week long. Woo! Now if you're an extrovert, give me a hey! If you're an introvert, can I get a little golf clap out of you? Just a little one. There you go. That's good. Let me pray. Father, we love you so very much, and thank you for this opportunity that we have to be in your house. Thank you for how good you are to us. Thank you for blessing us the way that you do. You are so awesome. And I pray today, Father, that you would use this word, your word, to show us what you want us to know. And Father, we might start living the way you want us to live in this area of the likability factor. It was your idea. It's what you want in your kids. It's the tool you use to further your kingdom work. So show us what you have to say about it today. We ask it in Jesus' name, amen. So since the message is really for somebody else other than those that are sitting here, I wanna give you just a little bit of an intro to the next couple of weeks. First of all, you remember the first of the year I told you that we are planning some stuff on our Sunday morning service is gonna catch you a little bit off guard. We never want you to feel like it's Groundhog Day when you come to church. We don't want you to get ahead. We don't want you to figure out how the service is going to go. So next Sunday is one of those services, one that I'm not gonna tell you about in advance, but I promise you, you'll find it to be different. You will leave here a little more educated, a little more knowledge when it comes to God's word, and you are going to thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy the service next week. Matter of fact, we have planned out every weekend service through Easter, and even a family life service is gonna start with a baby dedication Sunday, the Sunday after uh, Easter here at Fellowship Church, and it is gonna be amazing. Now, the Sunday after next, we are starting a new series called Living in the Last Days. Now, I told you at the first of the year also that I'm kind of one of those uh, general practitioner pastors. And that means I have a little bit of information about a lot of different things. However, I will always refer us to an expert when it comes to certain topics that I know someone else has spent more time with. Well, this particular topic on living in the last days, I don't know of any Bible teacher in Western Colorado that has studied the topic more, that has taught it more, that has written curriculum on it than our own Pastor Tim Roseberry. So he is going to be bringing this amazing teaching on Sunday morning. He's been working on it to put everything in nice little 30-minute packages over the next several weeks. And he also has new material, new statistics. Now, we're not going to be naming names on who the Antichrist is gonna be. We're not gonna be setting dates on when Jesus is coming back for his children, but I promise you, after you receive the information you're going to from this series, you're going to find it absolutely fascinating when you see things that are happening in today's news. So that is coming up as well. Now, why this series help my personality is showing? Why is that important? Why is it so important that you and I have the kind of personality that God would have us to have? Well, let me back it all the way up and just kind of bear with me for a moment. We all have a big move coming. 
Every one of us. None of us is going to get to stay here. Your body's growing older, your body is wearing out. So either your body's gonna wear out and you're leaving by death, or Jesus is going to come back and get you before you die. But a move is coming for you. You don't get to stay here. Now, when it comes to this move, it is all about location, location, location. Where are you gonna end up? And if you plan on ending up in heaven, whether you're a heavenly father, then you're gonna to have to have a relationship with him here. The only way that you can have a relationship with your heavenly father is by asking his son, Jesus Christ, to come into your life and to be your Lord and your savior. The Bible simply puts it this way, whosoever, that's you or me, that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That is the beginning of this relationship we have with God. That is the beginning of you and I growing in this, this family of, uh, of God together. So that it's critically important. Look, where are you going to end up? And, and if you plan on ending up in heaven, you must know Christ is your personal Savior, or you simply won't get there. Can't get there any other way. Now, if you plan on staying here a little longer until you go to heaven, then your personality is critically important to what kind of life you're gonna have. You can have a home forever in heaven. Know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. Read your Bible, come to church and sing worship songs. You can do that. But if you have a terrible personality, you're gonna have a terrible life. Your personality it has a purpose. And God tells us the kind of personality he wants us to have, whether you're an introvert, whether you're an extrovert, however you have been wired up by your heavenly father, he still gives us different attributes in his words, uh, his word that he wants to see come out of us in our own personality. Because, and this is important, people do not listen to who they do not like. Can I prove this to you? American Idol. Many years ago, an article came out on American Idol that, uh, concerning American Idol that said that the people in America were voting for not necessarily the most talented, not the one who had the most best voice, not the one who could sing better than the other. The people in America started voting for who they liked most. And it did not matter their ability or their talent. The likability factor is what caused them to advance. People don't listen to who they don't like. People don't vote for who they don't like. People don't advance at the workplace who they don't like, even though you're the most competent person on the job. So the likability factor, especially when it comes to you being able to talk to somebody about God, talk to somebody about their marriage and wrapping it around a relationship with Christ, talk to somebody about happiness or joy or, or escapism forms of behavior versus going into the word of God. They won't hear any of that if they don't like you. Now, I also wanna let you know as we go into this that you, you, no matter what you do, are not going to be liked by some people. So God is not telling you everyone should like you. What God is saying is that no matter what you do, you're not gonna be liked by everyone. Romans chapter 12, verse 18, if it is possible. You know what that means to me? It means some things aren't. If it is possible, which means some things aren't, as far as it depends on you, which means some things do not depend on you when it comes to relationships. 
that there's two or more players on the field. So sometimes, no matter what you do, things aren't gonna get better when it comes to people liking you. That is why you and I are a, not just a family, a church family, which the Bible refers to churches in the New Testament more so in the form of a family than any other word. But we're not just a family, we're also a team. Now, what do I mean by that? I mean by that, that if you have people in your life that simply won't listen to you, you're trying to tell them the very things that have helped you, but for whatever reason, because you're too close or because of uh, familiarity breeds contempt in your life, then you need somebody else to step in and to tell them the very things that you've been telling them all along. Have you noticed that as parents that that happens? That somebody, an idiot friend of theirs can tell them something you've been telling them and they listen? A youth pastor can tell them something you've been telling them all along and they finally listen? That's why anytime you ever ask me or one of our pastors to assist you and your family when it comes to a funeral service in your home of one of your loved ones, we will always, I mean, let me tell you this, we will always bring the plan of salvation to your family members and friends who are sitting in that small room. We will never let them leave there without telling them how they can have a home forever in heaven, how they can be prepared for that appointment called death in which they have just gone through themselves. We will always tell them that because maybe, just maybe, the very things that you've been telling them about how they can have a home forever in heaven and live a better life on this earth, maybe in a funeral service where one of us, maybe they'll hear it from us when they wouldn't hear it from you. So it is so important though when it, and as long as it does depend on us, that this likability factor is true and is happening in our lives. Now, I want the blessings of God on your life. Now, what I mean by that is I want God's blessings. I want Bible blessings on you. I want happiness in your life. I want joy to be in your life. I want it to be, you'd be filled with it and overflowing. Blessings, the good things of God, pouring into your world, pouring into your relationships, pouring into your finances. We all want to, and I want to be blessed by God. Now, I'm gonna go to verse three, and you'll see where it ties in in a minute, but let me do a little bit of teaching in verses one and two. The psalmist said in Psalms chapter one, blessed, or blessed, from the King James Version, is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Now, this is important teaching. For those of us who know the Lord is our personal savior, God says you can still miss a blessed life, dear child of God, if you take counsel from people who do not know me, God says. So if you are a born again child of God and you're receiving counsel concerning your marriage by some guy at work who's been divorced four times and does not know your Lord, if you're receiving information about uh, something that is important to you, your family, the way you should walk in life, how you should handle a certain situation, but your counsel are from people who do not know your God is their God, the Bible says that is a formula to miss out on the blessings of God. Blessed, he said, is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners. What does that mean? That means you're who you're hanging out with. You can want to have a blessed life, be hanging out with the wrong people and miss that blessed life. If you've accepted Christ as your personal savior, but you find that your whole circle of friends is that same circle of friends you had in high school, the same group you had in college, those coworkers that you had on the job who absolutely live a lifestyle that is what you used to have, but opposite of what you now want for yourself, your mate and your family. 
then you'll miss the blessings of God. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. And the word scornful here means those who show disrespect or look down on other people. If you're all of a sudden becoming that person that you've seen on social media, you're becoming that person who's posts those kind of hateful, uh, uh, gaslighting posts uh, on Facebook. If you catch yourself being that individual that shows disrespect and looks down on other people, God says you're gonna miss a blessed life. But then he goes on to say, but his delight, what he enjoys is the law of the Lord. And in his law, his word, does he meditate all the time, day and night? He's always trying to, she's always trying to figure out how God wants me to live my life and to live it that way. Because God goes on to say, and he shall be like a tree planted. Now, who's God talking about? He's talking about you and I, being a, a blessed child of God. We're like a tree that has been planted. This is what a lot of Christians miss. A lot of Christians miss the blessings that come from just staying planted. Just staying where God wants you to be. By streams of water, he said. Streams of water, a place where you are nourished. So many people that miss out on the blessings of God, it's because they don't stay planted in that church. They don't stay planted in that class. They don't stay planted in that job. They don't stay planted in that relationship that God meant for you to have. So you're blessed by staying planted in areas where you are nourished, rivers of water, that bringeth forth, now here it is, his fruit in his season. His leaf also should not wither, and whatsoever he should do it shall prosper, but his fruit in his season. Let me explain to you what that means. You bear fruit, child of God, and you will bear it in your season. You say, when is that? Don't know. What's my fruit? Don't know. I don't know. You know. Now, 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 what that means is, watch this, watch this. I can only bear hooper fruit. That's it. I can't, I can't, I can't bear Smith fruit. I, I, I can't bear Nate fruit. I can't bear, bear Anderson fruit. I bear hooper fruit. Now, I'm good at bearing hooper fruit, but that's all I can do. So if I'm bearing oranges, okay, I can't focus on you bearing apples or pears or peaches. And I don't necessarily get jealous over what you have that I don't have, but watch me for a minute. I do sometimes fall under temptation of wishing I had your personality over mine. You say, where are you going with that? Some of you have what I call a tropical personality. Sunny, calm. Did you see how that person handled that? Oh my gosh, I would have drove somebody else crazy. They would have been in a bar drinking. But they were just calm about it. They paused a minute, said a prayer, then they went and ate a taco. They're fine. Okay, I'm not like that at all. If I have a problem, I will stay up and I will keep anybody around me up until the problem is fixed. I can be intense. I have been told that I am very loud in the mornings. <laughs> right? 
But here's what I'm trying to tell you. I can only bear the fruit that, I, that belongs to me. And listen, may God set you free from the frustration of trying uh, to, to bear another person's fruit. You be you. If you're an introvert, be an introvert. Get your little golf clap going. Hey, great, that was a great message. Get your shout going, your laughter going, get your Julie going, right? Do you, Julie, who can keep up with Julie? When she got backstage, I said, Julie, the first year you worked here, I heard you say a maximum of three sentences for a whole year. It was obvious she baited and switched on that whole thing. But you be you. Don't be somebody else that God wants you to be. You can only produce the fruit that God wants you to produce. All right, so here we go, here we go. Therefore, for all of us, we must be willing as an introvert, as an extrovert, however it is that God has wired you up, to become better when it comes to your personality in the likability factor area. Because God only can use you if people you are dealing with like you. And if you're on the field and you're not being effective, then we pull you and send another player in to be able to reach the people that are no longer listening to you. That's how we team. I do that for your family, you do that for my family. So what are these likability factors? What are these things that we can tweak a little bit when it comes to you and I, where we can find that other people just like us a little bit more. Okay, here it is on the side screen. Ready, here we go. Number one, you gotta be a good listener. Work on your active listening skills. This will take some practice. It means put your phone down, set your iPad aside. It means make contact. It means engaging in what that other person is saying and showing interest in what they are interested in. And this is important, this is important. Are you ready? Are you ready to give me, let me give you one of the most important communication, friendship, relationship, likability factors that you'll ever have going on with somebody else. Let them talk. There is an artwork to this. It's called the art of shutting up. And it's a skill that the Bible tells us God wants us to have. James chapter one, verse 19. Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. Quick to hear, slow to speak. Proverbs 18, verse 13. Spouting off before listening to the facts is both shameful and foolish. Spouting off without listening, shameful and foolish. Here's the second thing we can do. Adopt and practice a more optimistic outlook on life. Take a look at the side screen, optimism. Here's the definition. The tendency to expect the best possible outcome or to dwell on the most hopeful aspects of a situation. And if you do not believe that these things are going to get better, the situation that you're dealing with, what's being said on Facebook, revert back to point one, the shutting up part. Because nobody, and please hear me, nobody in this world today wants to be around a negative, pessimistic person. If all you can do is make negative posts, get off social media. If all you can do is say something negative at the workplace, just don't say anything because you are hurting that likability factor. We get enough negativity on the news, don't we? 
We get enough negative people, negative information from people that don't know our God. But you and I are to be optimistic. We are to practice a, 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 an optimistic outlook on life. And this is what God said. And, 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 and why? Because God designed you and I to be hopeful. We are not to live any other life but that of a hopeful life. And any time we face a situation where we don't feel ourselves being optimistic, where we don't feel ourselves being hopeful of the future outcome of that situation, the Bible says we should question our very mind and our very emotions of why we are feeling that way as a child of God. Because the psalmist puts it this way, why, my soul, are you downcast? Who's he talking to? He's talking to himself. He goes on to say, why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God. Who's he talking to again? He's talking to his own soul, his own emotions, and his own mindset. For he says, for I will. And that's the key. I'm not, I'm not gonna will to stay in this pessimistic zone. I'm not gonna will to, to have my mind going in a, in, in a depressed way. I, I will, he said, yet praise him, my savior, and my God, adopt and practice a more optimistic outlook on life. I am shocked sometimes. I, I, listen, I don't know if any of you saw the post that was put on the church's Facebook page that had to do with the new restaurants that were coming into town. Did any of y'all see that post? And they listed, I think the post, Jeremy listed, I don't know, five or six brand new restaurants that are coming into town, maybe where they're gonna be located. And man, some people, and, and boy, that restaurant's great. Woo, that restaurant's great. And then post after post, who's gonna work in them? We don't have the economy for it. He's gonna take jobs away. We don't have enough people to blah, blah, blah. Man, I'm just thinking we're gonna get a Cracker Barrel biscuit. That's all I'm thinking. That's all I'm thinking. Man, Woo. I'm not following that person. I'll tell you that right now. Here, number three, be encouraging and supportive of others. Be encouraging and supportive of others. We've got 60 people plus being baptized in about 10 minutes, so I'm gonna hurry. Be encouraging and supportive to others. Ephesians chapter four, verse 29, don't use foul or abusive language. Oh man, clean up your mouth. I don't know who you think thinks it's funny for somebody to drop F-bombs and cuss and I don't and, and when in the world, when did women pick up on all that? I thought that was just oil workers and man cave dwellers and truck, truck stop people. When did women learn how to cuss better than men? Your attractiveness goes from a 10 to a minus zero. Anytime foul language comes out of your mouth. Somebody might smile, somebody may be okay, but you just made the whole room awkward, I promise you. And you're not a person they wanna bring home to mom and dad. I just, I just tell you that right now. So, so listen, I love to kid and I love to tease with people, I do. But I always like that kidding, that carrying on to be filled with encouragement. Look, let everything you say, verse, let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be encouraging to those who hear them. Oh man, yeah, yeah, yeah. We gravitate to encouragers, don't we? I've got them in my life, I hope to God you've got them in your life, and if you don't, find somebody who will speak words of encouragement to you, so, so very, very important. Here's another one, don't talk about people behind their back, number four. Don't talk about people behind your back, stop gossiping. 
Every one of us has experienced the harm that comes from gossip. Gossip, let me give you the definition, is defined as information about the behavior or personal life of other people, often without full truth revealed or known. And God's word warns us, stay away from people who gossip and guard your words when it comes to speaking, especially when it comes to speaking about other people. Proverbs 11 puts it this way. A gossip goes around telling secrets, but those who are trustworthy can keep a confidence. James nails it in James chapter one, verse 26. If you claim to be religious, but you don't control your tongue, you're fooling yourself and your religion is worthless. You ever been around somebody and they wanted a little bit more information than you were willing to share, but they dig it out of you some way. And you go ahead and you share it and maybe you really went over the edge and you embellished it a little bit. And when you give it to them, they're like, oh man, I'm, a, I'm on the inside with you, man. I got information, you're sharing information with me. You're sharing confidence with me that you didn't share with anybody else. Woo, me and you, me and you know stuff, just like that. And that very person that you told that to walks away from you and puts a check mark by your name. And here's what the check mark reminds them of. I will never share confidential information with that person about me ever again. Gossip not only hurts that person, it hurts you. It takes away your likability factor. Here we go, here's another one, I gotta hurry. Don't take yourself so seriously. Laugh at yourself and have a good sense of humor. Nobody wants to be around somebody that's an Eeyore. Nobody wants to be around somebody that's always sad or always serious. This world's serious, and whether you're happy and enjoying it or whether you're not, is not gonna change the news tomorrow. So choose to be a happy person. Choose to be a, a person that has a good sense of humor. I love the story about the man who was talking to his best friend. He said, hey, I bought my wife a mood ring. He goes, yeah, why? He said, well, that way I can look at it and know what kind of mood she's in without having to ask her verbally. He said, well, does it work? He goes, yeah, you know, when she's happy, that thing turns into a dark green. And his friend said, well, when she's mad, I said, yeah, it turns into a little red bump right here on the top of my forehead. <laughs> the Bible says in Proverbs, she is clothed with strength and dignity and she laughs without the fear of the future. When she speaks, her words are wise. She gives instructions with kindness. Look at Psalms 126. Then our mouths were filled with laughter and our tongues with joyful songs. Our mouths filled with laughter, our tongues filled with joyful songs. And the nation said, then the nation said, after the laughter, after the song, then people took notice and said, the Lord has done spectacular things for them. The Lord has done spectacular things for us. We are overjoyed. You know what I pray that Fellowship Church is always known for in the days to come? And has been, I think, in our entire history. And that is we have a culture of singing and laughter, and a lot of it here in our church. I grew up in a church where nobody clapped, nobody laughed. If somebody laughed, you would think, oh, they're being disrespectful. Nobody talked back, everybody was so serious. But laughter and singing causes other people to say, look how good their God has been to them. Job chapter eight, verse 21. He will once again fill your mouth with laughter and your lips with shouts of joy. 
Can I give you, can I give you one more funny? This is a sense of humor test, okay? If you laugh, you have a sense of humor. If you don't, get out of here. <laughs> okay, I got the laugh. A nutritionist was talking to a group of senior adults and the nutritionist was giving, here's the good things you ought to eat, here's the bad things you ought to eat. And then the nutritionist asked a group of senior adults, said, can anybody tell me a food that tastes really good right up front, but, it, but after a while, it can make your entire life miserable? And a little old lady sitting by her husband on the front row raised her hand and said, wedding cake. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say it, the little old lady said it. I did not. <laughs> Last one, stay humble. Proverbs chapter 11, verse two, come on. When pride comes, bold up with an arrogant attitude and self-importance, then comes dishonor and shame. But with humble, the humble, the teachable, who have been chiseled by trial and who have learned to walk humbly with God, there is wisdom and there is soundness of mind. First Peter chapter five, verse five. In the same way, you who are young must accept the authority of the elders and all of you dress yourself in humility as you relate to one another. For God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. I wanna see you blessed, I really do. And I believe you're gonna be. I believe you continue forward, you add some teachability factors to your life. I think you're gonna see more and more blessings and advancement, even at the workplace and relationships, stuff like that, I believe that. But the number one self-sabotage that I've seen over and over and over again is for somebody to be blessed and to become cocky and to become arrogant, to become self-righteous, causes the very people that raise them up to depart from them. Pride is always the worst self-sacrificing action that a person can take. As God blesses us, as he blesses you, as he blesses our church, 60 people being baptized, stay humble. Thanks for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I want to give you the opportunity to do that right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You can do that right now. I just want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Say, Dear Jesus, I am a sinner and I need forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are Lord, that you died on the cross for my sins and that you rose again. And God, I thank you for that. I'll ask you now to be my savior, to be my guide, and to give me a home forever in heaven. And God, I ask you this in your precious son, Jesus Christ's name, amen. If you just prayed this prayer for the first time, we would love to celebrate with you. Please text heaven to 94,000 to get in contact with our staff where we can answer any questions you may have. Also, if you're in need of prayer, we would love to support you. You can submit your prayer request by texting prayer support to 94000. Our prayer team will receive your request and immediately start covering you. If this was your first time experiencing Fellowship Church, or if you want to learn more about one of our many ministries, you can text fellowship to 94000 to connect with our staff. 
As always, we are still just a phone call away. You can contact us at 970-245-PRAY with any questions. Thanks again. We hope to see you next week in person or online.